1: This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 11, Episode 6.
2: This is Writing Excuses, the Element of Wonder.
1: 15 minutes
2: long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. I'm Dan. And we are all stunned and awed by the <laughs> wonderful magnificence of this podcast. Um, we're going to dig into our first <laughs> elemental genre. I which, would have picked something bigger, but uh, uh, you have not uh, seen uh, my pant size. <laughs> oh my <gosh. laughs>
1: he has been corrupted by spending a week with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Oh. I was talking about my waistline, but you can go wherever you want. Oh.
3: Wow. Look at the nice Wherever weather. I want,
1: huh? I thought we were talking about wonder, not horror. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Believe it or and not, folks, Mary this is the cleanest conversation we've had today. Okay,
3: when we when we first when we first pitched this, we were yeah. talking about we were talking about wonder, and for me, uh, the word wonder, the reason we chose that uh, is because of uh, in large measure because of the phrase "sense of wonder" that you get from a lot of science fiction. Yes, um, recently for us. Uh, yes, we are still doing these recordings in the with, with the Writing Excuses Cruise in recent memory. And for me, uh, the most recent experience of Sense of Wonder was standing on the dock and looking up at a 15-story tall ship mm-hmm. that has all of my stuff and all of my friends and 3,000 other people on it. And it really is kind of wonderful in that it is full of wonder. And I just stood there and and... Stared at it. It was Mm -hmm. neat. Yeah.
4: And, you know, from the outside, I just thought, oh, it's a floating hotel. And it didn't really hit me until I got inside. And there's this giant promenade that's six or seven stories tall. And I'm, and I think, I'm in the middle of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And there's a giant promenade that's six or seven stories tall. And that's when the sense of wonder kicked in and just kind of blew my mind. And that is the, sense that you're trying to capture with this elemental genre. Yeah,
1: and and this is uh, I'm going to we're going to keep I'm going to use this one more time or uh, the ship one more time as an example because for me I have been on the ship before. Mm-hmm. I've been on that specific ship before. So the sense of wonder for me was not from that. It was from the fact that I had a balcony in the stern of the ship. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And every morning I had a new and amazing, different sunrise mm-hmm. and different location. And the reason I
3: point <laughs> a out a Jamaican parking lot, that was that was that was weird. Yes, <laughs> it, it was. We- and 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 uh, I just I bring it up because yes, I had that same experience. We had that, yeah. that uh that aft balcony, and then Sandra and I get up in the morning, and it it's odd it's it's i'm looking down on i mean there's other things besides yeah. a parking lot but uh. right right but but
1: the the point of that is that uh for each of us the thing that was the sense of wonder was the thing that was new to us uh-huh. and mm-hmm. that i think is really kind of the core of this sense right. of wonder is that, that that it is something new or as as how it says with a parking lot something strange something that you haven't experienced before that you want to engage with but more But that has a that's so cool aspect. Yes. Yeah, and so I'm
4: gonna add one more word. Mm-hmm. New, strange, and amazing. Amazing, yes. you yeah. Know? And, and that's one of the things I love about, for example, Star Wars, where we don't just have a ship. We have a ship the size of a moon. Yes. You know, let's take this as far as we can and make it amazing. I mean, your first
2: shot in Star Wars. What yeah. is your first shot? Your first shot is, this is you, and this is mm-hmm. the big ship, Yeah, Um, And you are now experiencing
4: how awesome our world is because our ships are bigger than everyone else's. Just the sheer time that ship takes to pass over the camera. Mm -hmm. I had a a special effects guy at a convention once and I asked him, what's the greatest special effect ever done? And he said, first, that's a stupid question. But second, it's that shot in Star Wars because it's just time and that is what makes it amazing.
3: Well, and it's, it's important to note that in... In Star Wars in particular, uh, Lucas set us up with, you know, we see the little ship go by Mm -hmm. and it looks like, you got to rewind to 1977. Yeah. It looks like a much better shot version of a lot of spaceships we've seen before mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. big, you know, glowing yep. rocket engines on the back and there's there's laser bolts going over it and and so on and so forth and then the Star Destroyer starts rolling over the top and as you've said time, it takes all this time and you see that this thing is enormous and contextualized in the story, everybody gets that these are two spaceships and then uh, uh, end of act one where uh, Kenobi says, "I think it's Kenobi." Yeah. that's no moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have the realization that yes, we've all seen we've we've, we've seen spaceships. You know how big yeah. spaceships are. That one thing you saw at the beginning of the movie is just a spaceship. <gasps> that's no moon. Mm. Um, and the uh, the ability of the filmmaker to take something fundamentally that screen, the screen does not change size. You know your ability right. to see. Uh, was, was not altered, but the contextualization of the Star Destroyer and later the Death Star is what allows you to experience that sense of wonder. Uh, if Kenobi's line had been, oh, this is that Imperial battle station I've been hearing about. It's pretty big. <laughs> we would not have felt that. Yeah. Right.
1: And and that's something to, to point out is that there's two types of sense of wonder that you are going to be experiencing. And, and with a lot of these genres, or... Uh, the, these elements. There is the experience that your character has, and there is the experience that your reader has. Mm-hmm. So with the sense, with the uh, with the spaceships, everybody knew their size in that universe. The Death Star, everybody had a sense of wonder about that. Right. And because the characters were having the same experience as the viewer,
5: mm-hmm. they
1: that it it actually winds up heightening that experience a little bit because you're on the same path. You're you're working in parallel. Whereas if the character is having, uh, as Howard says, the well, that's pretty big, it diminishes, it can can reduce the impact on a reader. And you can use those tools to kind of play with how much of that experience you want your reader to be having in any given moment.
2: I was going to say, direct the reader's attention with the character's attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a classic trick that you taught us. (laughs) <laughs> um, many years ago and has become
4: fundamental in the way that I view the, a scene progression even. Mm-hmm. You can contrast Star Wars you know, with here's a city so big it's a whole planet and we're all like, whoa, that's huge. Mm. And then you contrast that with Neuromancer. Here's a city so big it fills up most of the planet but it's crappy and dirty and, and you know, it doesn't give you that sense of wonder right. because that's not what he's going for.
3: Um, Larry Niven's uh, description of the Ringworld when uh, Louis Wu is first shown images of the ring, uh, he, he describes it, you know, it looks like a blue ribbon, uh, you know, on, it, on its edge, wrapped in a great big circle around, a, you know, a little, a little tiny candle flame. I can't tell what I'm looking at. You know, what, what am I looking at? And as the puppeteer explains to him uh, how big this is, you start recontextualizing this mm-hmm. picture again and again and again until you re- realize, oh, that ribbon of ring is a million miles wide and, and 300 and some odd million. And it, it gets huger and huger and huger. And by contextualizing it in that way, you can take these enormous numbers that make no sense when you are standing on a thing that extends far beyond your ability to see. You contextualize it in a way that that you can have that experience. You can feel wonder.
1: You know, and a a lot of the, um, you've just reminded me of what a lot of the astronauts talk about Mm. when they go into space. Right. Because it has recontextualized Earth for them. Mm -hmm. Everything
4: I know is this little little mm ball. Yeah, I I saw a supercut somebody made of all the astronauts just saying, I could cover it with my thumb. And they all said the same thing, and it just recontextualized it. It changed the way they thought about Earth. Yeah.
5: Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today.
4: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants
2: Let's stop for our book of the week, which I think is a perfect example of some elemental wonder, and that is The Wright Brothers by David McCullough, which I have recently read and really enjoyed. It's rare that I read it. I love history books, but it's rare that I read one that actually has this much of a narrative arc to it, because as a reader, I knew flight was coming. And I was, so it had this built-in sort of tension to me of when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Um, And so there was a momentum through this book uh, in a way that I hadn't anticipated I would get from a biography. And it was wonderful. And the sense of wonder that these two men felt for flight and for the thing they were participating in uh, was the main reason I kept reading was to get to feel what they felt And remember how I felt the first time I went flying. Um, It's a beautiful book. It is uh, really well done. It's written by David McCullough and read by David McCullough.
3: Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. Uh, Pick up a copy of The Wright Brothers. The Wright Brothers. The Wright Brothers Brothers by David McCullough. Uh, Absolutely free by starting a a 30-day trial. All
2: right, so there's a couple things I want to get into in the second half of the cast here. And the first is I want to reinforce this idea that a sense of wonder seems to be is a little bit about basking, Mm -hmm. right? In this, you're standing before the cruise ship and just having a moment of awe. You're looking at the Death Star and their stunned silence. How do we
3: incorporate this basking into our fiction? I've got uh, two methods, and uh, one applies to comics and one applies to to prose and uh, they're they're both they're both the same thing, uh, and it's page turn. Mm. If you if you give me a description and force me to turn a page, uh, you are you are forcing me to spend more time. And often with comics, uh, I say it's it's the same description, but it's it's uh, it's it's backwards. With comics, I turn the page, and there is a full page spread that the previous pages have contextualized, and now I am looking at a thing. And I am seeing what has, been, what has been foreshadowed before, and I bask in that spread. And with, with prose, there is context, and there is a thing, and, you know, the door opens, and we are now looking mm-hmm. through the door at whatever it is. And you know, it's, not a, it's not a cliffhanger. I'm right. basking in it, and, and I'm turning the page. Yeah, I, w- I, I want to see what happens next. But I have to spend some time getting to those next words.
1: specifically, what you're what you're talking about in prose is there's the POV reaction, the character's mm-hmm. reaction, which helps which helps shape the reader's understanding of of how they should be experiencing it. But then you're also talking about pacing. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at you know a big panel in in a cartoon or a comic strip or or book, you have to take more time and there's more detail. Mm-hmm. And the same is true when you're trying to bask in something in prose. This gets back to whatever my first episode with you guys was when yep. when we're talking about breath and rhythm, how long a character lingers on something, how long the narration lingers on it, yep. and how detailed it gets gives us a sense of the importance of something. And and the, the word choice that you use within that can give you a sense of awe. You know, if I describe something as, you know, a a small dusty brown cardboard box. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. But if I say, you know, the 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 gently battered cardboard box had arrived yeah. with a courier and had stamps pasted over it from then you start to get interested in this cardboard box. But it's all about getting very specific in the details. And, and in the, the loving description of it. You know, and
2: I see that this is a problem that a lot of new writers have, uh, they will introduce some awesome element in their story as I'm reading one of my students' writing, and they won't give us the time or the characters the time to react to it because they believe they have to keep this pacing going, you know, um, really fast all the time. Uh, one of my students on the cruise had submitted a piece where a character had a moment of great victory um and we did not get a chance to celebrate with them because they just cut the scene i'm like no 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 no. this is a time where you're actually getting out too early uh of that scene give us just a line or two to bask in the victory of what this character accomplished and we
3: will feel so much more invested in the plot you know mary you mentioned a cardboard box and when i think of sense of wonder i always think of big things because big dumb up big big dumb objects science fiction that's my background are you talking about me again no, 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 no! <laughs> He's I'm, talking no, no, no. about your pants. That, that was big dumb pants. That's uh-huh. that's, that's a different episode. Um, the uh, I, so I asked myself, you know, what would make what would give me a sense of wonder about a cardboard box? And you talked about, you know, the, the you know maybe the postage or the wrapping. And so I imagined a character looking at the cardboard box and looking at the stamps and looking at the postmarks and seeing postmarks that have dates on them, and some of them are dates that are you know, 75 years ago, and some of them are dates that haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And our character is just looking at dates on a box and realizing this package has come to me through a very odd path mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and is is puzzling over it. And yes, this this steps into some of the other elemental genres, perhaps, but that experience of discovering right. I have a time-traveling cardboard box. Do I open it? I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, let me let me wallow in that. Let me enjoy it. Yeah, and, and
1: this is also something that I want you to pay attention to. It's very easy to think about this sense of wonder as being big. Mm-hmm. And it's not always big. Sometimes it can be something very, very tiny. The sense of wonder really, really comes from how invested you are in, exp- in, in enjoying that right. object.
2: Now, I mean, the that entire th- fantasy genre, my entire genre that I wrote in most is based with the sense of wonder at its core. Mm-hmm. You pick up this book, you see a cover where you're like, wow, that's that dragon is cool. Or that that's what got me in the genre, that right? sword my, is
3: the size of a surfboard.
2: My fave the <laughs> reason I um, picked up a fancy book was because that dragon is cool. Um, and basking in that was the pure sense of joy that brought me into this genre. Now, we are going to get into expo- exploration, which kind of digs into this a little bit. Uh, but that's a different genre to us. One thing I want to talk about that um, relates to the sense of wonder is that we get to interface with it. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of our genres will have wish fulfillment aspects to them. Maybe not horror, depending on who you
4: are. But um, many of them will have some <laughs> <Damn>. sort of <laughs> will. Horror can still have a lot of wish fulfillment yes. because they end with you overcoming something. Right, yeah. right. Um, With this, I
2: think the wish fulfillment is you see this wondrous thing, and it's not just that boat is so huge. It is that boat is so huge, and I'm going to go on it.
3: And Mm -hmm. eat all
2: of the food. And uh, that (laughs) Death Star is so big, and that is owned by the bad guys, and we have to
1: beat them. And we're going to blow that up. Yes.
4: Well, and you know, there's a dragon. I want to ride one of those. Yes. Mm-hmm. How many I mean my my son spent 3 or 4 years of his life every single night, time for bedtime prayers, he would ask for a lightsaber. Because lightsabers are amazing and everybody wants one. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it, it He would also
4: ask to be made of wood because he figured that would make it easier to
1: swim, but that's Beside the point. (laughs) As long as that was not related to Pinocchio and wanting to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) But but with the lightsaber, I mean, when Luke handles the lightsaber for the first time, Mm -hmm. he has a sense of wonder about that, which, again, bumps up its coolness factor for the reader. As opposed to Shades of Milk and Honey, one of the the things that I get a lot is, magic doesn't really do anything. And, you know, I have all of my characters treating it completely matter-of-factly. Right, right. But mm-hmm. if you saw someone in the real world pull light out of the air and make an illusion, you'd be you'd be kind of a I mean, you would have a sense of wonder and a sense of awe. So if, very much this is about as much as in, uh, that the character reaction can really help with this. Right.
2: Right. And um, I think you're going to find that's the case for all of these elemental genres is you're going to want to lead the reader along with how the character's are reacting. Uh, we are out of time. On this one, So we want to give you some homework.
4: All right. Your homework today is that you are going to apply a sense of wonder to something for us. But we want you to do it with something that is relatively small and ordinary. Uh, you know, something maybe just by your desk, something in your house as you look around and spot an object, and then describe it in such a way that the reader will get a sense of wonder. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses.
6: Now go write.